This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome everyone. I am Michelle Barber and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT and I community to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking but most importantly to facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes Thank you to Dano and Beck this afternoon for some great music and chatter. Beck is normally our Thursday night news reader. She was uh, sitting in the Mason chair tonight. And to Richard for reading the news for us this evening as well. So on Stand Up Straight, I've also got Clayton across the desk here who's oh, giving you noticed. me daggers. <laughs> um, and Clayton and I... I'm going to share the microphone with our guest, who I'm going to introduce in a minute. Are you, you're going to share with me. I'm going to share. Oh, that's I know nice. we might let you have a little bit of a chatter. Um, the uh, the ladies are off uh, tonight, gallivanting around town, changing the world. I think. Yeah, one of them's Beckins. having sex ed. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this? I know there was a bit of a, oh, an, an incorrectly placed pause. Uh, <laughs> intentional. For so, a sex ed teacher, I'm sceptical <laughs> of your antics now. Oh. For those people, they might know that voice. Um, on Stand Up Straight, we've got a really, really broad variety of guests. And Charlie Cooper of Headspace is one of our most popular, energetic and inspirational oh. young people. And he brings a huge smile, which he's wearing right now, and lots of education and endless positivity. So welcome, Charlie Cooper oh, from Headspace. so lovely. It's getting nicer each time. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so, so lovely to be back here. It's always so uplifting to walk through those doors. Well, it's, it's really, for those that have uh, not seen Charlie, have a look at some of the photos that we've got on our Facebook. And I don't know if he ever, ever has a smile off his... Do you ever have a smile off your face? Oh, you see me at the good times, Michelle. Oh. when I'm with you that I'm feeling really <laughs> good about out, life. <laughs> no, of course I do. But it's, you know, these the conversations that we have here are the things that make me really excited and to be surrounded by 
positive energies as well and people who are really um, supportive and inclusive. It makes me really happy. So, Well, you've, um, I'm going to talk about this throughout the show tonight, but um, got a, a number of milestones and huge events and things coming up, you know, toward the end of the year. Uh, yeah. But I just for those people that don't know, give us a little bit of a, an um, overall kind of idea of what Headspace is and yep. they've just had 10 year anniversary yes. late last year wasn't it? Late last yeah, year yeah. that's it. So tell us a bit about Headspace. Yeah cool so Headspace is the National Youth Mental Health Foundation um, Headspace provides free early intervention youth mental health and well-being support to young people aged 12 to 25. So many people don't know and myself included before I got involved with Headspace don't realise that Headspace provides um, free services you can walk in the door there are 101 centres as of a couple of weeks ago and wow one centres around Australia um, and yeah young people can call up make an appointment and access inclusive uh, youth friendly mental health services so you don't need to have a referral um, you can come in without having seen a GP and um, yeah it's not just mental health it's also physical health you can come in and see a GP you can get a sexual health checkup um, they also provide support for um, young people with drug and alcohol issues or young people struggling to find a home or work um, so yeah I'm very passionate about um, how important awareness of the service is because when I was facing my own mental health struggles I didn't realise there was a centre a kilometre down the road and I struggled for about two years um, so yeah I think there's a lot to be said about the importance of awareness and um, we're lucky to live in a country where we can access free services like this. Is that does that surprise people that they don't have to get a referral they can just you know basically walk in the door and there's you know you know, open arms and happy face and someone that welcomes them. Yeah, non-judgmentally, absolutely. of course, um, as well. Because often when you open up about having a mental health difficulty, the feedback you get is, oh, you know, the first point of call is to go to your GP. And that's quite a confronting experience. And it's, I don't know, for me, Headspace is, um, it, it does reduce the barrier in that sense. And the fact that there's also an online support service. So Headspace also has eHeadspace, which is a, an anonymous online telephone and um, web chat counselling service where young people can log in from home and access support. Do you think that's the key for, for 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 younger people that perhaps are, are either they've not discussed mental health issues with anyone or there's shame or they're embarrassed or you know maybe they've got an eating disorder and they don't know how to approach it or they've got some kind of and they don't if they have no one to talk to maybe they don't have the courage to walk, to walk through it headspace door so do you do you have any kind of stats or any information about how many people uh, are logging logging in or contacting online or anything like that so I know that 260,000 young people have sought help through Headspace centres um, and as many as 25% of that. So in, when you look at centres individually, many of the centres will report that 25% of those people identify as LGBTI and that number is continuing to rise. Um, is that because... Or is it a combination of people are more open about uh, yeah. talking about things? So is it, is it, they say, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? But is it I a know. combination of that, do you think? I, I, it's really hard to say, but... What is interesting is that where I live in, in Hawthorne, Headspace Hawthorne um, has, yeah, 25% of the young people presenting there identify as LGBTI, whereas in many rural areas it's a lot lower. So that might suggest, for example, that it does come down to the shame and stigma and discrimination um, because we know that it is a lot harder in rural areas and that's why I think eHeadspace um, and online platforms, which I'll talk about soon, we've just released um, or launched a new um, LGBTI-specific peer support service we'll talk about that later mm -hmm. but um 
that's why I think online options are so important because it does um, spread the support to young people living remotely and in rural areas. And in their time. So exactly. it could be it's three in the morning and they can't sleep. They can go and find a support somewhere, it's somehow. It's one a.m., so not three. Okay, so no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are other options as well. So yeah. uh, We're going to go for a break. And when we come back, I would love to, for you to tell us about the Q Headspace because Q Headspace. that's the newest yes. and probably the most exciting. Q Headspace has come out. And, of course, if you have any messages for Charlie and or for us, uh, 0427-JOY949 is the SMS. You can call the lovely Mushin with his sexy voice on 1300-JOY949. <laughs> and, yes, because oh we, we have a Mushin. Um, and or you can on air at joy.org.au. You're Please call. Please. <laughs> and um, Charlie will uh, answer the questions he can. The ones he can't, he'll find out an answer for. Uh, we are chatting with Charlie Cooper from Headspace. You're on Stand Up Straight.
beautiful Karen Fields. I love that. She's she was great live in the studio. Isn't she, she was playing? indeed. Yes. That, was, that was my first live music in the studio experience. It's actually a bit of a thrill because it's very intimate. The studio is not very big. It's really really lovely. Absolutely. Um, I do have a bit of a bone to pick with uh, Charlie Cooper from Headspace. <laughs> was uh, apparently on some rival radio station <laughs> giving me a run for my money. I do Ooh. have to say uh, this was uh, you were. Um, on Hack, which is one of the most extraordinary half hours of radio outside of Joy, which is on Triple J, uh, and um, you were on that show. <laughs> tell us, tell us why. Well, I wasn't actually invited. You made that sound very yeah, important. I did, I did. Yeah. But basically, I got into the car a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is actually five weeks ago now, and um, I turned on Hack. I love listening to Hack. I think it's a really cool youth-focused current affairs program. Mm. And in the first sentence listening, I heard Cooper's Brewery, Marriage Equality, and the Bible Society. And <laughs> Boy, as, did you drive <laughs> off the road? <laughs> <laughs> I pulled over. I Well, I am a Cooper, and um, I, I am actually a distant relative of the brewery as well. Wow. Um, and I have one share, so I am a shareholder. So I should have a say in this. And... Um, I'm also a very passionate youth mental health advocate and a lot of that comes down to advocating for youth mental health within the queer community. And so I felt like it was my time to shine and I was so nervous and I Googled the number and I was like, oh my God, am I going to talk to Tom Tilly? (laughs) Anyway, he wasn't actually in that day, but I spoke to one of their other reporters and they said, what do you want to say? And I said, my name's Charlie Cooper. I'm actually... um, a descendant of the Cooper family and I want to join the conversation. I'm a youth mental health advocate. Um, And they said, cool, hold on. (laughs) And we're going to have uh, a listen to that. Hey, Charlie Cooper from Melbourne. You're both a youth mental health advocate and also a descendant of the Coopers family. How do you feel about this? Exactly right. Look, I was pretty shattered when the news came out. Um, So I'm the great, great, great grandson of the gentleman who started Coopers. So I'm also a shareholder. So I feel very invested in this debate. I'm also a youth mental health advocate and I'm especially passionate about advocating for young queer Aussies. I was felt very frustrated listening to that gentleman before because I think we need to think about the impact that these conversations are having on our queer youth. The number of young people, so I'm an advocate at Headspace, 25% of the young people coming into my Headspace Centre identify as LGBTI and this conversation is having a serious impact on the mental health and well-being of young people. And I think it's also really important to note that I, I genuinely believe that Coopers did not intend to send the message out to our country that they didn't support marriage equality. I think that was a big mistake on their part, but they definitely did send that message. And that message is harmful. And I think it is um, really impressive of them that they've stood up and supported marriage equality. But Actions are more powerful than words, so it'll be interesting to see if they can follow through with that. Charlie Cooper of the famous Cooper family, thanks for speaking to us on Hack. (laughs) Um, So just a little bit of a backstory. What was the backstory for those that weren't sure about the Cooper's Brewery, the the, uh, saga, I suppose? So for those who impossibly didn't see the (laughs) breakdown on social media and the internet breaking all together. Um, Basically, um, the Cooper's Brewery teamed up with the Bible Society, which is a religious organisation to celebrate 100 years of the Bible Society's existence. The Bible Society is an organisation which is very vocally um, anti-marriage equality. Um, And so, yeah, basically what they did is they announced that they would be releasing, um, you know, 10,000 cans with the Bible Society's logo and a number of um, quotes from, religious quotes from the Bible. And so 
the queer community and our allies erupted massively <laughs> all over social media and, and, and perceived that as um, the Coopers Brewery saying that we, we, they don't support marriage equality. And they, within about 24 hours, there was about 20 you know, high-profile bars and pubs across Melbourne yeah. which said we will no longer sell Coopers beer until they stand up in support of marriage equality. Um, so... Yeah, Dad and I actually sat down that night after hearing the news and um, Dad is an incredible advocate who's been by my side through my journey and um, Dad sat down and wrote to the CEO of Coopers and said, this is appalling, um, this conversation is is harmful to LGBTI young people and you've got to stand up and, and take back what you said. So. Yeah, and, it was a full um, on it was great two days. It's a great, it's great that you did, and it's um, it's nice. I think what came through in that was that your passion <laughs> for 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 your beliefs, and that's really really important. You've got um, the new project that's coming up, Q Headspace. Yes. Q stands for queer or questioning. Ah, uh-uh. yeah. Why? Why do you promote it as queer and questioning? Yeah, deliberately? we do. Yeah. Okay. So the idea there is that. You don't need to know it. You don't need to. I mean, we place so there's so much pressure on young people to be sure of your sexuality or gender identity. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's no one else's business unless you want it to be. So, we we really encourage young people who are exploring the issues of gender and sexuality to to jump onto Q Headspace and have a chat to other young people who have a lived experience. Many of them who are LGBTI, but many of them who are also allies, um, mm. which I think is really cool. So Q Headspace is an online safe space where young LGBTI people can chat to trained peer support workers who also identify. Um, and I should say LGBTIQ because it also includes young people who are just questioning and want to have a chat to someone. So um, me and my boyfriend both sort of, we both feel so strongly that if we had had this when we were 15, 16, 17, it would have reduced so much anxiety and, and even depression. So um, just to know that you're not alone to reduce that isolation, it's huge. Clayton, I don't know if you would be aware, and as a lot of people may or may not know, Clayton's a primary school teacher. Now, this, the year level you teach is... Six. Grade six. So you're mm. about 12 years old, give or take, 11, roughly. 12, basically. So do you know, do you, in your experience, would you th- think that uh, you're that kind of age would use this service mm. if they knew how to or knew it was around? Do you hear much talk at school with any of your students or anything? I definitely have students who have mental health um, issues mm. and concerns. And I think that being able to access services. And we have some built into the school as well, mm. but just be able to source them out to the, the right places to go. Mm. Uh, in terms around the gender and sexuality, I certainly have kids that are sort of saying little things to indicate their, their gender gender identity especially. And mm. So is it you... We're in the joy bubble and you're, and you're in an education bubble, I suppose. But sure. for, for the general populace... Is it changing terminology that would is like that first key start changing using different words, not being as gender specific for us? Does that help? Well, we've had safe schools come into my school and have a talk about those things about mm. using better language and avoiding saying you know all the all the girls go get your bags or yeah, those sort all of the things. Boys and, go get the trucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and certainly just well, certainly around gender uh, mm. expressions and things like that. And my class is actually really good. We've got I've got these teddy bears hanging in my room and that the kids can you know hold onto during the day if they want to yeah. and a lot of the boys are happy to take the the female orientated teddy bears and like it's all quite happy and do playful do if that sort of thing happens do they get picked on or bullied by you know perhaps a mm-hmm. bit of the 
No, not, a, no, not, not at in all. your class. Not in my class. Not at all? Um, not, I, I couldn't say for other classrooms yeah, necessarily. Yeah. At my school in general, I would say no. In my classroom, definitely not. We, everybody's quite comfortable. Mm. Um, and yeah. So. It's interesting because you're obviously someone who understands the importance of inclusive environments mm. and spaces and, and inclusive language and stuff like that. But I wonder who, what um, the older generation of teachers who may not um, have been exposed to this understanding or this education, I wonder if the experience for kids in their classes might be a little bit different. I, I think know. definitely. And I think if my class 10 years ago was different as well. So, it, But I've grown and changed. And I think also it's not necessarily the older teachers sometimes as well. Some of the younger teachers certainly need a few of those lessons. So, mm. Well, that's why these services are so important, but they don't get the airplay or they don't get the promotion perhaps that they should yeah i think that's that would be the because how do you as headspace promote that and see that's yeah one of the the challenges at the moment is that in in an ideal world q headspace would be constantly available to young people it wouldn't just be a group chat space it would be um an online um, portal where young people could log in and chat anonymously to a, a queer peer, as we call ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to funding. So at the moment, what we're doing is we have piloted it. We've done it. Um, we've run the first session. So that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we opened the conversation up around gender and sexuality. Ask us anything. We got bombarded. There were 168 comments in the hour. Gosh. And it was the busiest group chat Headspace has ever hosted. Um, How so many of you? There were five. Uh, there were six uh, actually, let's make that seven LGBTIQA plus young people responding to questions. And we also had Micah Scott from Minus 18. Um, so Micah was able to support us with, you know, referrals, pathways. and. Um, See, I would imagine you um, would have to be at some, oftentimes, that one-stop shop, you know. So you've got to have your resources yeah, at hand exactly. or know where you can direct direct people nicely and gently of course Mm. so we're going to come back and uh, have a little bit of a chat more with charlie cooper from headspace you're on stand up straight joy 94.9 
Charlie Cooper from Headspace in the studio, Clayton and I, and um, getting to know about some of the other uh, programs and facilities that uh, Headspace have. So we've just been talking about Q Headspace, but if people want, Q Headspace is not a 24-hour thing. It's a, no. it's a, a service that's only available about one hour. So it's, mm. a, it's an online forum that's live once a month. The mm-hmm. space can then be accessed um, again. Oh, so they can go back. People yeah. can go back and read the comments and the discussion and so yeah, on. Totally. Yeah, So how can they do that? So if they go to eheadspace.org.au and then go through um, the navigation page and click Get Help and Group Chats, and through there you'll be able to find the Q Headspace group chat exploring your sexuality and gender. Um, and now I say this with frustration because... You know, this is a completely youth-led initiative. Mm. So myself and Sarah um, really campaigned for this to be something really big. And we're starting small, but we really hope that we can show the government and show our community that this is something that's really needed. Because it's not highly funded, is it? (laughs) No, it's not funded at At all at the moment. So with... Um, yeah, with some really strong funding, I think it would be really beneficial if, for example, two nights a week there could be, um, you know, 5 p.m. till 1 a.m. young people could log in and, and, and chat anonymously. But at the moment, it's a group space and we will be announcing in the next few days um, the um, next Q Headspace group chat hour, which will be in the next th- probably three or four weeks. You. Um, mentioned Sarah. Sarah's been a guest on yes. the show as well. Now, My amazing friend Sarah. Um, there's uh, an event coming in, I think, is it September? You may or may not be going somewhere with Sarah. Tell us a bit about what you'll be doing. <laughs> Some tiny little event. So, Sarah and I found out this morning that we have been accepted to present, um, to give a presentation at the International um, Youth Mental Health Conference in Dublin, in Gosh. Ireland, in September. So, Sarah and I will be travelling <laughs> to... Are you nervous yet or is that get happening? Oh, my God. As I, as I said that, I could just feel the sweats <laughs> coming. Um, but the reason that that is such a huge thing is because we will be able to advocate for not only Q Headspace as a service and for the need for more support, but we'll be able to speak to other nations and like leading mental health experts in other countries and we'll be able to advocate for the queer community and the importance of online safe spaces. Um, And something I didn't mention before as well is that when we do run the Q Headspace chats, we also have mental health clinicians shadowing Uh, the the young people. So mm. um, that's really important as well because if young people come on and they need extra support, we can pass them over to E Headspace. This is a phenomenally, extremely well organised organisation. Yeah. <laughs> grammar ain't my, my, you know, I should be um, corrected your by teacher. Your grammar was fine. The, you just need to diversify the... <laughs> your words a bit. So. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is not just a, a group of people sitting around in some little shop front. <laughs> this is extremely well resourced and uh, 
well-trained people, and this is an ongoing yeah. process, isn't it? I mean, and it, it's not just some young people that have had some mental health issues that are just sitting at the end of the phone. Exactly, and I think that's why it's really cool is that when young people come in, they don't speak to young people with a lived experience. They speak to ment- fully qualified mental health mm-hmm. clinicians, mm-hmm. but young people like me are really driving um, what's at the forefront of what Headspace is doing. So... Um, I think I mentioned it to you last time when I was in the studio, but I spoke at um, a youth mental health forum in Aubrey Wodonga last year Mm. and I spoke for about an hour and really only touched on coming out as gay for about two minutes of that conversation. And in the following um, Q&A session with all of the young people there from grade 8 to 12, I was bombarded with questions around gender and sexuality and a lot of them were anonymous questions handed in and I just felt so overwhelmed and I, that was actually when we went, Sarah and I went to national office and we said Headspace has to do something. So, What, was, what surprised you more, the types of questions or was it the amount of questioning? It was, the, um, it was just the fear. Um, so a lot of those questions were handed in anonymously and it was the fear of young people the fear, the 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 fear of non-acceptance and the fear of um, of judgment and discrimination that was preventing young people simply talking. And I think it was so much bigger in Aubrey Wodonga because it is in a rural area and the stigma probably around mental health and being young and gay or gender diverse is probably a little bit stronger. Um, and it, I just, I felt so much um, just frustration that these that that young people there were experiencing so much distress around, you know, what something that shouldn't, it's just part of who you are. And once you're surrounded by people who accept you, you know, the evidence shows that the reason um, young people who identify as LGBTI experience mental health problems, it's not because they are LGBTI, it's because of the social stresses and the experiences of discrimination that come with that. Mission Australia put us um, some figures out that were... Um, up to the end of 2016, I think, and for the first time ever, mental health was in the top three. Yeah, most people so aim awesome. and want to be in the top three of anything, but that—that's <laughs> a disturbing. For the in 15 years, it was the mm. first time in 15 years. It's disturbing in one way, but don't you think as well that it shows that young people. Are, so that says that young people have actually said we care about this and this matters to us and this is affecting us. So it actually shows an awareness as well. And I, I would argue that the perception around mental health is really changing at the moment. Um, just out of curiosity, at school, do you hear young people as young as, you know, in grade six, would you ever hear them speaking? Would they come to you and, and seek support in terms of mental health? Would they actually have that literacy and, you know... Sometimes definitely that literacy, but always that event. Like they're yeah. always mental health comes up every day in my classroom. I've got really she, oh easily and in, in in what ways? I, I've got a, um. I can't talk. To, I have to talk fairly uh, no generally. Yeah, 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 just general. Um, like, but a, a child might have just coming in the morning and just hating the day because we've got some PE this today. Mm. So I'm just going to hate the whole day because I don't like PE or I don't like maths mm. or I, mm. those sort of things. And I experience that um, And they have day. that anxiety yeah. about what's going to happen for the day because of the fear that they have of yeah. something that may or may not happen. On Monday, um, I had um, somebody I was talking to, one of my students, about she came to school with a stomachache. And I was, well, sweetie, do you think it might be a worry stomachache because you didn't mm. have it yesterday? Mm. You've just got it today. So you think you might be worried. And she goes, yeah, probably. Well, well, do you know what you're worried about? And she's like, we went through it. And I just went, I think you might be worried about worry. 
So mm. like you, you're worried about things are going to go bad for you today and I can understand that. So here's how we're going to work on that. So We need to have all <laughs> teachers in Australia like you, Fabian. That's so good. Cool. That, yeah. Can you imagine there, the, the, the pit of despair that these kids are in all over Australia and the world where they can't even have that conversation with the teacher? Uh, hopefully most teachers these days would be um, aware of that. We, I think what we need to have is more mental health first aid in schools in terms of mm. that training. That mental health, health first aid. Yeah, it's a training course you can do mm. um, and it's about looking at those first aid things for mental health. And mm. I'd love to see more teachers do that. So I've never done it, by the way. It just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, really interesting you... you say that because Sarah mm. and I just completed our instructor training in oh, youth fabulous. mental health first aid. So we're yeah rolling that out to youth advocates in the community at the moment. So I agree with you. I think it's the most important thing and I think all teachers should have it. Mm. We talk about um, advocates for mental health. Prince William was um, huge in the media this week. Mm. And now... I. Forgive me, I don't know how old he is, but he said that he he opened up about his mental health issues after his mother passed away and he said in 25 minutes he got more help than he had done in 25 years. 25 yeah. years of getting help for his mental health issues and this is Prince William. So I, I, I don't know with how... With Lady Gaga. With Lady Gaga. So um, it's quite extraordinary the reach... Mm. That, and I know people with, you know, fame and fortune and, and power and things, but, you know, when people are using their ex- life's experiences for the good and cliche as that sounds, but all of a sudden someone thinks, God, the, a prince in England, mm. he gets depressed. Absolutely. Lady Gaga, famous, wonderful singer, she gets depressed. And Prince Harry was uh, supporting the same cause and was talking about how proud he was of both his mother and his brother and himself and uh, to talk about mental health issues, but also of the British people who are um, culturally very stoic mm. and mm. don't talk about these sort of things. And he's he feels that change of people slowly moving in Britain to actually say what they need to say. Because I, re- I remember, we have to go for a break, I know, but I, I remember, uh, at the, and we're off topic, but the, the funeral for, for Princess Diana and... But all the, bo- the the five, her brother and her sons and Prince Charles, were walking behind the coffin. Not a tear. There was the solemn... And I don't know whether this is true in an urban myth, but I had read that the boys had been made to cry so much beforehand that, mm. it, went, that it meant that they could be stoic and serious and put on the mm. brave face. Can you imagine the implications positive implications perhaps if, if they had cried and mm. some other young boy felt it was okay to cry you know um, we'll never know but it's just isn't it interesting how that word stoic comes up in those mm. situations uh, lady go don't no, wrong person um uh, amy Wimehouse said you know my tears dry on their own and mm. that's one of the worst things we can do mm. for our mental health is to let our tears dry on their own mm. yeah mm. i think that that mentality that you know particularly on men, mm. that it's tough to take it on the chin and move on is so harmful because when, you know, people, we need to understand that mental health problems are real treatable treatable medical conditions. And if someone is to just try and push that down and and, and to this, the shame that you can, that you can feel when you, well, yeah, when you say to yourself, I should be able to get through this on my own, this is... Um, this is something I should be able to tackle. It's really, really harmful. So, mm. and and just on that, if we're raising any issues and you need any help, there's Headspace, but there's also Lifeline, which is thirteen, eleven, fourteen. So, um, a service that is um, extraordinary and available twenty four seven. I'm going to throw Switchboard in there as well for any um, queer related issues. One eight hundred one eight four five two seven. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy. 
Charlie Cooper is with us from Headspace, and he used a terminology <laughs> before, and I thought was really interesting. You said that you and other people sometimes get referred to as LGBTI bullies. Yeah. What, define, so, it's oh. probably self-explanatory, but what is it? What? Do you know what? So when I called, we were just talking before about um, the Cooper's Brewery situation. So I called up Hack and had a chat to them, and as I was waiting, I was listening to the conversation, and the, the, I swear they strategically placed this man's interview before mine so that they could <laughs> rev me up, but... <laughs> This man called up and he said, I just don't get what these LGBTI bullies are on about. They have a civil union. You know, they have all of the rights that I have. You know, what are they on Mm. about? They need to back off and and get off our backs. And I was getting so frustrated because what comes to mind when I'm listening to that that gentleman is I I reflect on how isolated and how um, ashamed I felt when I was starting to think that I might be gay and that I really didn't want to be because, you know, there was so much self-shame and self-stigma and, you know, fear of letting my family down. And for someone who's actually facing, you know, really struggling with their mental health because of their gender or identity or their sexuality, and then to hear someone say that it's trivial and that it doesn't matter is really, really hurt, hurtful. And it's, that was really upsetting for me to hear that. So I, I, I really don't know what to say when... People use the terminology LGBTI bullies, um, and I don't know. Well, it's a cop out. I, I, I would think. I kind of think it's an easy way to summarise everyone in a negative sense. It's a defence mechanism. Of so is. they're mm. basically just going, "Well, I can't really fully defend my position, so I'm going to use a, t- I think a term like it. this." So mm. Mm. it is, and I, yeah, I wish we, I could have had an actual conversation with that man, but you know, that was it. He said what he said, and I said. Do you think this sometimes though it's it's hard to decide what soapbox to stand on and what not to stand on? Yeah, it and, really is. And you know, you, who you're talking to sometimes. I, I sometimes I will shake my and I think I'm not. I can't be bothered. I don't. Well, I don't need this discussion. Am I ever going to get through? I don't know if it's defeatist. Um, this is more experience. There's no. I have no statistics or anything to help this out. But I think the best change come through when you step off the soapbox mm. and mm. actually just talk to them one on one, and more so rather than telling them things, ask questions. So yeah. rather than yeah. say, telling them information, totally. ask questions to clarify their point. Mm. And usually, as they clarify these things, they defeat their own argument. So, and it, and and they're often deflated that way. And it's not necessarily what our aim is because if you put someone offside, they're just going to it's still end up calling you. A, the LGBTI bully anyway but I think if you can make something relatable you know even a, a simple question like well if your daughter came to you and said she was a lesbian that I was about to say sometimes that's the only question you need to ask people yeah so often when someone has really negative views as soon as there is someone a loved one close mm. to them that that identifies it breaks down that barrier and so maybe yeah it's it's a really tough one we had a few years ago a we're saying that civil unions have the same rights, whatever else. A few years ago in Adelaide, a man passed away and his partner did not have any rights at all mm. to mm, working right. with his remains, essentially. So certainly we don't have mm. equal rights, but with a civil union, I think they were actually married overseas. They still didn't have mm. those rights in Australia. I had a discussion with some very, very educated people a couple of weeks ago and they did not know that. And they, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, but if they've been together long enough, that it's like a de facto relationship. I said, it's not. They have no. Somebody can be, you know, in palliative care or on their deathbed, and their partner has no, no rights whatsoever. None. And I don't think people understand that. Sometimes you've got to find your little in, some little way that can make them go, "What? I didn't know that." You're bringing up little flashbacks from holding the man as your. 
therapist. You're talking there, Michelle. You're going to make me all emotional. Yeah, I cried for the half of that movie, so let's not go there. Oh, my God. And I cried for the following month. Oh, my boyfriend, Lockie, wants to watch it again. We feel like we've almost got through the grieving period. And I'm like, you want to enter that <laughs> you again? Start you want to go back? Speaking of um, your, your boyfriend, you... Um, <laughs> Had a family function last we week. Did. And tell us what it was and whether there was any, whether you had any intrepidation. So um, last week, my sister, my, who is seven years older than me, got married. Um, so we had a massive family celebration. We had relatives flying from all over the country to come and celebrate. And it was a pretty big deal for me because my family is Catholic. Um, and there is a lot of coming out to my extended family, especially was really tough. And I came out to my mum and dad four years ago and mum actually only told my grandmother a few days before the wedding. Would she have not told her? Do you think if you hadn't? Absolutely. I, oh. I think, yeah, I think in, in mum's mind, um, telling her was a re- really really tough thing but I was like mum I had to come out like 40,000 times you can do it once (laughs) (laughs) would you have rather told your grandmother um it was it's tough for me because my grandma lives in Adelaide so I only see her once a year Mm. um and so personally I said mum this is on you I really want you to do this (laughs) but you know she found it tough at first um I won't go into details but she she called me 24 hours later and said that she loves me and you know I'm still the same grandson. So that was really nice. Mm. But it was overwhelmingly, um, we, we, me and Lockie were just showered with support and um, my sister and her partner had a really beautiful line in the wedding ceremony where, um, you know, they made it really clear that they support equality and that they are waiting for the day that all marriage is seen equal mm. in Australia. So it was a very, very positive day and all of my aunties and uncles were so inclusive and excited to meet him. So that was a really, really uplifting feeling mm, yeah mm. did you were you concerned at all that anyone might have given you any I was yeah I was a little bit apprehensive at first but as soon as we got there and Lucky was handing out the wedding pamphlets <laughs> and he was just totally thrown into it all um it was yeah it was a really cool feeling and when my sister had her first dance and everyone got up to go onto the dance floor, I was like oh my god do I take Lucky on like <laughs> two boys can't do that and I was like stuff this so I grabbed him by the hand <laughs> Oh, we Drake the studio. They did it in Beauty and the Beast, so you can do it at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so funny, actually, because me and my cousin, my female cousin, jumped on. We had a big circle on the dance floor, and we jumped on, and we were doing our little dance. And she had caught the bouquet, so she is supposedly the one that's going to get married next. And I grabbed it from her, and I threw it into the crowd, and I looked over, and Lucky grabbed it. He caught it. And so I was like, oh, what does that mean? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, we were all in hysterics. It was that, pretty cool. That uh, is Charlie Cooper from Headspace. We will be back shortly. You're on Stand Up Straight. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. We are. Your son? <laughs> <laughs> I have never. Wait, I'm so confused. You talk over the end part, probably. We, we play the one every show because Michelle demands it. But you're oh. not Michelle's son, are you? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Do I look old enough to be like. <laughs> I look older than Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What have I got myself into? I'll have to meet. What's your son's name here? Um, his name's Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Why is Nelson coming? He's the show? about the same age as well. Sorry. As as you? Are you, Ju- are you being a Jewish? Ma- are you being a Jewish matchmaker? Well, no, because we've already just no talked age. about Loki, so I think that would be wrong. <laughs> Where did we go? How did we get here? Um, oh dear. So uh, we never left. Yeah, we never <laughs> left. So Charlie, uh, what's your ro- what's your title again at Headspace? So I am a youth advocate. 
So mm -hmm. basically my role is to help Headspace make sure that the young people's experiences and voices, the young people's, I say that so much, <coughs> that, that the genuine, that young people's experiences are genuinely heard when they're preparing their campaigns, developing new services, etc. So, So you don't work in what, any of the centres? No, nope, nope, I don't work in but, any of the centres. But you have before, Hannah? I work at the national office. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I try and advocate for the young people in my community and a lot of that for me is advocating for LGBTIQ experiences and obviously I can only speak for my own experience but um, yeah so each Headspace Centre has around 20 young people that they work with um, to bounce ideas off and ensure that all their initiatives are youth friendly and targeting the needs of the specific community so it's it's really cool um, yeah. This, this is an odd if anyone's ever seen the Headspace um, T-shirts, they're this very, very bright lime green. Is there a reason behind that? Do you know? I, I actually just... don't know. I think they literally just tried to choose the most hideously recognisable <laughs> colour possible and no, no other organisation has like a lime, bright lime green. Well, at colour. Mardi Gras, they were seen very brightly, yes. weren't they? They look fabulous. Were, were, you, were you in there? I was. Lucky oh. and I were front and centre. <laughs> I was I was front and watching, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see you though, but that's, yeah. He was the one in the yeah. green T-shirt. Oh, because Joy was doing the um, yes. audio cast. Right? Oh, you were doing it? I I wasn't was doing any involved. part of that presentation. I was just over the whole weekend doing mm. background stuff for shows mostly. We so, were yeah. second last in the parade, so that was pretty cool. We were it right, was, and yeah. I will have your to float looked great. When the, yeah, with the when the the parade was coming along, I did get a bus seeing Headspace. So that music means we're nearly at the top of the hour. Tell us one more time what website for anybody to go to if they need help. So if you need support, jump onto eheadspace.org.au and you can chat to a mental health clinician online. Otherwise, look out on the Headspace Facebook page and you'll see an update with the next. Q Headspace announcement and yeah keep in mind Q Headspace needs your support in your local communities um, and keep an eye out for us beautiful as always an absolute pleasure having you in the studio Charlie you do thank extraordinary you so much. extraordinary amazing so much work and uh, thank you Clayton across the disc you are compatible thanks Clayton and uh, up next is Family Matters and then The Woods at 9 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Radiothon's on in a couple of weeks. So, Joy, as we know, best radio station in the world. You. You've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.